Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast, No But Really. I am excited to introduce to you my guest this week, adjunct professor and LMFT Ernesto. He was my professor in the MFT program at Hope International University. Uh, He is also a licensed marriage and family therapist with over 10 years of clinical experience. He has a group practice called CAV Family Therapy located in Huntington Beach and Fullerton. In this podcast, we discuss infidelity. Um, We discuss how it happens, how you heal from it, and how such a traumatic experience can affect your brain. I hope you enjoy this podcast, and I'm excited to share it with you. Ernesto, welcome. Hi, hi. (laughs) So, okay, I wanted to bring Ernesto on with us. One, because he's one of the coolest professors at Hope. (laughs) Um, And two, I had treatment of couples with him. And one of the topics within that class, besides sex, because that was really interesting as well, um, was the infidelity portion of Mm. couples and how to treat that. And um, being in the program myself as a therapist, it was like, wow, that's that's a hard one. And Mm. so I wanted to pick Ernesto's brain and kind of just have like an open conversation about infidelities and couples and all of those things. So I'm excited to have him with us today. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And he's Skyping today. So this is new for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? First of all, can I say, can I say something? Yeah. Look, I am so freaking proud of you for doing this. This is... You know, having a podcast is not an easy thing, and I, I know that your husband's helping you out, <laughs> yeah. but having a podcast brand, um, it, it is the the way to go, and one of the things that we didn't talk about before was my background in marketing, mm-hmm. helping a therapist to do marketing, and so doing a podcast like this is, is pretty amazing. Am I on the right track? <laughs> you are. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. We've been doing a lot of like stories, people's personal stories and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's been really empowering, I hope. So it'll it'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I wanted to start kind of from the beginning of infidelity. So it doesn't always just start in marriage when you're dating. Um, do you feel like there are red flags as you're dating someone that I don't know. I feel like whenever I talk to someone who's been cheated on, they'll say things like, oh, I should have seen the red flags. And it's mm. kind of like, well, why? What are they? And why didn't you do something about it? You know, so can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in the context of relationships in general, and when when relationships all fall apart and uh, break down, we look back and we go, we should have, we should have, we should have. Mm. But unfortunately, when your adrenaline is kicking in, you know, that whole first love, exciting, that sexy feeling when you're in a relationship, it's really hard to tell. Mm. You know, it's really hard to tell when and where uh, you are going to crash because nobody thinks about stuff like that, right? right. Nobody does. So um, I, I do want to say for those of you who are listening that there is not necessarily uh to know in the very beginning stages unless you are you know a therapist <laughs> and you're you're assessing for the one that you are going to uh, be dating i mean nobody does that kind of stuff i mean there are some areas where we can focus on but in hindsight that's where you're going going to get more of the idea of i should have i i, mm-hmm. I could have understood this but there is not necessarily um a way to assess, hmm. you know, because one can argue that if if an individual that comes from a family who has a history of of infidelity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, 
but they themselves don't have it in their current relationship, you know, that that's that you can argue that there is no way to tell unless it actually happens. Right. Right. And so do you think everyone's kind of everyone is prone to cheating on their spouse or their partner? I do believe that there are values and standards that will keep you Mm. from moving outside or experimenting outside of your relationships. And we talked a lot about that in in our couples therapy Mm -hmm. class, right, to how to shield your relationship from that. And it has a lot to do with vulnerability and uh, a connection, Mm. right? That is the main thing. But there are obvious signs that you know that you are um, heading towards uh, a breakdown in relationships. What are those? So the main thing is when you look at the context of uh, intimacy, mm-hmm. okay, in our society nowadays, uh, both couples are working an insane amount, mm-hmm. right? They are overworked. The life is, is running them over. Uh, they're stressed out. And when you're in the beginning stages of your relationship, the main thing is to keep up the strength of the intimacy level between the two. However, when you are working an insane amount of hours, when you are focused somewhere else, you're working, you come home, you're tired, um, life gets in the way. And if you as a couple don't know how to manage that stress, uh, that is also going to... uh, uh, um, dictate the direction of your relationship Mm. so that's one Mm. the next thing is understanding each couple needs to understand each other's the way that they deal with stress the day the way that they deal with relationships and each other so let me give an example if uh one spouse uh, one partner comes home and they are stressed out stressed out from the day and then you have another the, the other partner who's at home cooking dinner or whatever, just chilling, and they're ready to connect with their spouse, mm-hmm. right? But the other partner who comes through the door needs about 10 to 5 minutes to just chill by himself or herself and not be bothered by anything else. Mm. Sometimes the couple who's at home waiting to connect with that partner feels rejected when the, the other partner wants time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's just about to regroup. So if you don't understand some of those dynamics in the relationship, it is going to get in the way in your intimacy. Mm-hmm. Because when you, it's okay to be angry in your relationship, but once resentment sets, mm-hmm. sets in, mm-hmm. oh, you are in deep. It's over. <laughs> it's, you're done. Yeah. If you resent your couple, if you resent your partner, you're heading in the wrong direction. Hmm. So what's the first, like for someone in a relationship and they're listening to this and they're like, oh, have I hit that? Have I hit resentment? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you know when you've hit resentment? Oh, absolutely. So when the one of the uh, sheer signs that you are in trouble and you're feeling that type of resentment is that a lot of memories, a lot of thoughts, a lot of emotions are coming up when you see uh, your spouse. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't see the, oh, you know, he's great. She's great. Uh, she makes me feel this way. He makes me feel um, uh, whole and accepted. Mm-hmm. Once you feel a sense of you're not being valued in the relationship, mm-hmm. you are in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so you, you're already automatically thinking of all the things that they have not done instead of the things that they have done to connect with you. Hmm. So when you said earlier, like one of the ways to kind of keep from going down the path of infidelity is being vulnerable and connecting. So in those moments where you start to feel like, hey, I'm not connecting with you, that's yeah. where you play the vulnerable, you know, play, hey, I'm. I'm being vulnerable and telling you I don't exactly. I don't feel this. And so if the other partner is like, what? No, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Now we're kind of going down the path of, okay, now he doesn't care about me. Yeah. Um, so how do you, because for me, it's very, it's very hard for me to go from, I'm resenting him, therefore I'm going to go out and find a guy and go have sex with him. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's like a really big jump, right? Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Ha- and social media doesn't help. And we'll talk about that later about whether that's, you know, liking someone's photos, uh, consider cheating. But um, how do you get, I mean, just how do you, how do you get there? Like that's yeah. so far. So there's a gradual, so, okay. So once we, we've, we've looked at resentment, once the couple is, uh, venturing apart from each other in so many ways, physically, um, uh, emotionally, and even in the communication, they become roommates, right? It's yeah. a gradual toxic river. Mm. It just flows and it flows and it flows. And some, some couples don't even know it just because it flows slowly, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it, it just gradually gets to that point. Now, here's the thing. It's only human to want to be loved and cared for and valued by another person. Hmm. It just takes one dynamic energy from the from another person hmm. that will spark this feeling of being valued and loved and cared hmm. for. So once any and it, it and you know there's arguments about how men and women take these energies, right? These yeah. connective energies. Um but the main point is it just takes one powerful energy mm-hmm. and attractive energy from another person to make us feel whole as mm-hmm. an individual again. Because let's, let's face it, uh, we need that from the other person. We need that type of connective attention, energy from another person. Yeah. That is just human condition. Mm. And so when somebody says something to you, gives you flowers and pay attention to you and really notices all the deep parts about you, that is a very attractive and sexy thing, Mm -hmm. right? And once we're there, it's really hard to get back. So that's Mm -hmm. where it gradually moves towards. Mm -hmm. So I ran into a couple at Fashion Island that I hadn't seen in a long time. I went to Vanguard with them and she, I don't even remember how it came up, but something along the lines of like, oh yeah, I don't let him have girlfriends and I don't have guy friends. And how we got into that conversation, I don't know. But I remember thinking like, that's kind of extreme, right? Like you just, your husband's not allowed to have any girlfriends, you know? But now being Mm. married, I'm like, oh, that kind of, I don't think I'd ever tell my husband like you can't have any girlfriends. But as you say that, it's like, it kind of just takes like one girlfriend that's like kind of hot you know, to kind of be like, if we're fighting one day and he, you know, goes and confides in her, like, is that kind of what you're saying right there? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I really truly believe that couples need to adjust the way that they protect their relationship. Hmm. And I never look down on the way, how extreme it it may sound to any of us, Mm -hmm. but I really do feel like 
it's appropriate in this day and age, yeah. unfortunately, in your generation, you guys, yeah. uh, because it's a, a it's a very sexy generation. You know, social media, like you said, <laughs> it's it doesn't help. Right. Yeah. It's it doesn't help. Yeah. And and b- boundaries are blurred nowadays. And in your generation, unfortunately, you are more susceptible to to look for relationship outside of your marriage. Mm. And that's just a fact. Yeah. That's just a fact. So would you say <clears throat> would you say that a guy liking a girl's photo that he's not friends with that is a little bit of a sexy photo, not necessarily like full on, but like one of those Instagram influence girls, right? In a bathing suit, super pretty, and my husband likes her photo, right? Is that I was reading an article that said like, oh, that's emotionally cheating. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a stretch. But I guess I can see that. Do you think that? You know, um, it, it's hard for me to to get to that place where um, a like mm-hmm. will be considered emotionally uh, um, cheating yeah. with someone. But unfortunately, that is your generation now. Yeah. All of this is considered, yeah. right? Now, I don't know any of the research that will um, really... It's hard to sell that, hey, you're cheating on me right. because you you liked uh, a certain <laughs> Instagram post, yeah, right? Yeah. But you know what? I, I'm telling you, that is where social media is going. That is definitely it is. But however, here's where we draw the line. Hmm. It becomes infidelity if your physical attention, your emotional attention, your 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 sexual attention is deviated towards outside of your marriage Hmm. when you're finding all of your uh emotional state your energy you even go as far out as um putting time aside Hmm. to engage in an emotionally and even physically relation physical relationship i've got couples who don't know that they're cheating on their uh, Hmm. husbands or wives based on the amount and energy of communication Mm. and deep, deep intimacy that they have for the other person. Mm. Once you start telling your other, uh, the other opposite sex that you are your sexual relationship with your wife or, or husband, that that's where I draw the line. It's that needs to be within the bedroom that needs to be with, your partner to to discuss that. Hmm, okay. And so <clears throat> when you have a couple that comes in and, you know, there's been infidelity and they're on the brink of divorce. I love when couples come in on the brink of divorce because it's like, oh, great. <laughs> Here's yeah. 20 years of, of stuff that we need to work through. But right. um, how do you, I mean, one, what are the chances that you come out of that? So do you normally see couples oh, yeah. come out of that? And two, how? Absolutely. So that's a very broad question, but yeah. but you know, couples who are in certain stages uh, of uh, the infidelity uh, um, reveal, really, there's a lot of couples out there that really gets out of it because counseling uh, really does help. Therapy and extensive therapy does help. In the initial discovery session. We have to put everything on the line. It's a traumatic experience when one person or the you know one couple discovers the infidelity. We consider that as a traumatic event. You think about it: the person that you love for so long, that you've trusted for so long, you find out something like this. Mm-hmm. The pain is unimaginable. Yeah. 
you know, I can't even imagine that from from where they're sitting. Mm. So full discovery is where it's at. And then giving both of the couples the choice or one to go through the grief process and make a choice to whether it's to stay in the relationship or not throughout the whole process. Mm. There needs to be an open door for the couples. And a lot of people say, what are you talking about? Aren't you supposed to keep them together? It's like, <laughs> that's ideal. Right. From my from my bench, that's ideal. <laughs> but, again, but again, this is a traumatic experience for both. Yeah. Mostly for the one who has discovered. Right. So there is hope for the couple, but it's going to be a painful recovery all the way through. So the initial stages has to be full discovery. Let's look at your finances. Let's look at your credit card. Let's look mm. at um, your social media activity. Are you willing to take off um, uh, your uh, or, or uh, take down your social media? Are you mm. w- what are you willing to do to save your marriage at the same time? Mm. Because the couple, the the partner who discovered, will have tons of requests to make them feel safe about the relationship again. Mm. And the other person has to be fully understanding of that because they are at a point where should we save our should we put in the pain of discover of saving this marriage or not? Yeah. It goes that extreme. Hmm. So, do you encourage the person who cheated to disclose like the details of everything? Is that oh my helpful? Gosh. Well, here's the thing: you have to prepare both couples for that. You have to ask the person who. And walk through the 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 discovery phase, you know, because sometimes the 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 person who discovered wants to know every single detail, but at the same time, that's a double-edged sword. Yeah, right. I need to know what happened, full details of what happened, or I don't want to know anything. So there's there's those extreme. Yeah, right. It, it's a traumatic experience where I do want to know, but my body doesn't want to know. But should I know? How, how can I know to feel? The main thing is you want each couple to feel safe again in the relationship, especially the one who discovered it. Yeah. And I can imagine if, you know, if that ever happened to us sitting there and feeling like I just want so much justice, you know, like mm-hmm. you did such a horrible thing and I'm so upset. And then almost him saying sorry, even if it was like a very genuine sorry, I'd be like, nope, that's not an, like almost no. kind of like I need to go cheat on you so we're equal or there would be this exactly. like justice so how do you kind of work through that with the other partner of like uh, letting go of that yeah one is to let both couples experience all range of emotion in the room hmm. the one hour session <laughs> yeah, it's within, not long enough <laughs> no no way no way I've done uh, as close to three hour session because of the pain that people mm. go through and sometimes multiple days yeah and you need to throw away the the whole traditional approach to uh, marriage counseling mm. now you are also incorporating trauma counseling into your yeah. into your work yeah and so you work how long do you work with these couples usually is it years before you start to see like you know restoration is it like sooner than you think like what is that what does that look like you know, I, I've seen a whole range. I've seen, I've worked with a, uh, with, uh, a couple couples mm-hmm. who within four weeks, you know, they one, cu- one couple just needed or one partner just needed validation that it did happen. Yeah. And 
that there was genuine remorse, authentic remorse for it and continually work. So that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I've seen other couples who just get stuck in the pain. And so they work with with couples for years or for therapists for years. Mm. Do you? Right. Yeah. Do you feel like after all that work, right, you, you they're kind of at a place where they're OK, we're moving forward. Do you ever see them again later on because maybe he cheated again? Well, Does it there's happened twice. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's a, a there's a few out there that have gone deeper, and those couples are normally the ones that did not really address fully mm. their situation and not willing to address it. They're just willing to appease the relationship, mm. right? For either financial reasons or family reasons, cultural reasons, you name it. There's just this in this world of infidelity uh, has so many dynamics uh, uh, um, uh, ascribed to it. Yeah, and so it it's really hard to kind of pinpoint them on certain categories, but more on a spectrum. Okay, and pornography is kind of another topic. Um, a lot of women, a lot of girls that I'm friends with really struggle when their husbands watch porn and not even just like in the Christian sense, but they feel like that is cheating. They feel like that is yeah. infidelity. Um, what's kind of your take on that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm one of those therapists that do consider that as something that I think should be abstained from mm -hmm. because remember there uh, as a man there's there's we're very visual as well too yeah so it's hard for us to kind of look at that perspective but again we have to understand that women experience pornography differently than men do mm -hmm. and it's not uncommon and it's actually natural for women to feel like they're competing with something mm -hmm. that's inadequate or th that's that's out there right it's mm -hmm. a it's a feeling of am i not good enough for you right right so that is a conversation that needs to be talked about as well what does pornography play into your relationship that is a conversation instead of Okay, what is the, how can we stop this, but more of what is the meaning of this in our relationship? And help me understand why it's in our relationship. Right. And for a lot of guys, um, it's not a pro it's not a, it's not a problem. Like it, no. they don't see that as, um, it's it's almost weird if you don't watch porn from what mm -hmm. I hear from guy friends who aren't in, in the Christian community um, and they go into these relationships without that being a problem and the girl more times often than not doesn't want to say it's a problem because you want to act like you're kind of cool with it like oh yeah whatevs we're cool you know but it yeah. does it, it does play an effect on your relationship and emotionally yeah. as a girl I couldn't um, assume if you don't say anything that it bothers you is that part of the resentment that starts to build up oh in that my too? gosh oh absolutely absolutely full disclosure of how you emotionally experience certain things that uh, your spouse does is is appropriate in communication yeah right and and developing intimacy if you don't disclose information like that most likely you're not feeling safe in the relationship mm -hmm. um 
because remember, uh, a, a true intimate relationship has a lot to do with if you give me an information that is important for you, I will not shame you or judge you. Mm. I will listen as much as possible. Um, and so it takes the couple a lot of energy to get to that place yeah. of safety. Yeah. So <clears throat> it sounds like as I'm hearing this, I'm like, gosh, being in a relationship is really hard. <laughs> There's so much that gets confronted about you. There's so much that you get have to confront about the other. And not a lot of people can do that. That takes like a lot of emotional, you know, strength to be able to do that. So for the couples that that aren't in tune with I don't know. It's, it's a lot of people aren't in tune with with that emotion, right? They don't really know, oh, that that makes me feel insecure or whatever. They just feel anger a lot of times. So then you have couples just fighting and they actually don't even know what they're fighting about. Um, so what it like, how do you kind of work through to the core of like, oh, that's actually what's going on? Like, Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you nailed it. I think there's a lot of times that instead of Talking about and addressing the actual issue, we create a lot of drama mm -hmm. around the issue. Yeah. Right. We create a lot of um, a smoke screen around the issue. And it unfortunately, it's natural for us to do that. Right. Right. Especially if you grew up in a, a home that is not does not disclose stuff like that, especially culturally, yeah. you know, because of shame or whatever. So the way that you'd work with that is understand First, what is the meaning of all of your behaviors at the moment? If you're slamming doors, you're not having sex with me, mm. um, you're not answering my texts, you're doing things that are just passive aggressive or mm. just outside of the norm, what is really going on? Mm. Most likely, there needs to be a safety in the relationship to talk about all of these things, right? And yeah. sometimes you're so resentment, you're resentful and angry that you're just going on an instinct mm. right you just want to make the other person feel as bad as you are yeah. and sometimes you don't even know that you're doing it right right and that, that's why a lot of couples therapists will always have a job unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> because of crap like this yeah yeah, because you get in a pattern and even me and my husband have only been married for a year and a half and I can't even imagine t people who've been married 20 years, 30 years, you get stuck in a pattern of communicating in a specific way. So if you've been angry at each other for 20 years, like, holy crap, that's my whole life. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. And so you get Absolutely. stuck in these things. Then you go to counseling to say, hey, we're struggling with something. Usually it's not the actual problem that they come in for. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, the thought of having to repair all of that year's worth of work, like where do you even start? How do you even start yeah. with that? How do you create safety in a relationship that 20 years it wasn't safe? Absolutely. So here's one thing that, that the, you and your husband is doing. Um, when you said you wanted to do a podcast, mm -hmm. the first thing he he did was was what? He went to the garage joined, and yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. he joined in. In yeah. fact, for those of you who are not uh, seeing what I'm seeing from my computer, <laughs> Her hus your husband is actually right behind you. <laughs> yeah, all and stoked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the kind of stuff okay, that really is sexy to a lot of women mm -hmm. where uh, the, the husband is helping and supporting the adventures mm -hmm. of the wife. I mean, I can even imagine just he's literally right behind you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, like waving uh. right now, right? <laughs> 
These are the kind of things that men need to understand. That little things like this mm. means a lot to an indiv- to anyone, yeah. right? So understanding that you don't need to do big things like big trip to Europe, which is great. Right, I mean, that'd be fun. <laughs> hey, like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> right. Don't talk about but, that. Right, but little little things like noticing what what uh, uh, noticing the value of the other person, what they like, what they love, little things like that. Like I had a couple who was so turned on by uh, his, uh, for uh, her, her husband's, when she, ca- when she came home with food on the table, mm. they didn't even eat. They had, <laughs> they went straight for the bedroom. And I was like, well, well okay, if that's what's going to get mm. to you, that's going to get to you. Yeah. But this kind of uh, things like this is sexy to the other person, yeah. right? So mm. absolutely little things. And, uh, when you're working with infidelity, those things are lost. Mm. You have to go backwards and go, hey, what made you feel sexy when you're around your husband, your your wife or whatever? What made you feel whole mm. again? Let's have that conversation. And they once they start remembering those things, the yeah. other spouse, the other partner goes, what, you like that? Mm. It's like, yeah. What about that trip that we did? And well, that was small compared to this mm. little thing that you gave me. Mm. Right. Yeah. So that is where we move the couple back into healing mm. is remembering the beginning stages of their relationship. Mm. Yeah, I've noticed that when you ask a couple, how'd you guys meet? Like all of a sudden they spark a little bit like, no, you tell. No, you tell. And it's like, yeah. whoa, what just happened here? <laughs> guys like exactly. each other now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's how you get towards healing is remembering because when somebody goes through infidelity, it has that traumatic experience and you only forget the trauma. You only remember the trauma. Yeah. And you forget everything else. That's why, you know, I, I, I don't know if you've taken EMDR uh-huh. training yet. <laughs> Trained in that. Exactly. It opens up that part of the brain that helps you remember the things that was meaningful and valuable in your relationship. So when you and this is probably a this is a big one because I know we spent a couple classes talking about this, but when the client or I'm sorry when the um, couple one of the partners has a lot of trauma already, and then they go into this marriage, so they've been cheated on by other people, they have you know been sexually assaulted, whatever, all those things, and then they go into a marriage, and then the husband not even really physically cheats, maybe just emotionally, right? And now it hits all of these triggers from way back before. Um, Let's talk a little bit about about that. So one partner having extensive trauma, the other partner maybe not even knowing all of it. What does that look like? It's it's conjoint therapy. So what this means is when we, we normally detect traumatic symptoms and experiences prior to the relationship, And a, 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 real, a good therapist who've assessed that would refer that client or the clients to individual therapy. Mm-hmm. And then you can actually get individual therapy while having conjoint couples counseling. Mm-hmm. That is the most powerful approach to addressing infidelity because you're absolutely right. If one have experienced uh, that type of trauma in the past, they will recreate that trauma 
in their relationship and you're asking what the heck does that mean recreate the trauma mm. well they're looking for things unfortunately that will repeat that same pattern from the past mm. if you have grown up from a family that you've seen your parents your your someone in your family who've exper- who've who've uh, uh, committed infidelity mm. You will be fearful, so fearful to mm. to bring that in your relationship that you're going to actually find that in your relationship somehow. Mm. Sometimes some people recreate that, unfortunately, wow. in their relationship. Mm. They kind of set it up. They set it up. They set it up unconsciously. So mm. these are some of the things that needs to be addressed. But yeah, individual counseling conjoint with couples counseling is powerful approach so i know so i started reading the book your body keeps the score Mm -hmm. and i remember you saying in class that you started becoming really interested in the brain you start i think you were taking classes or something about how the brain works and trauma and stuff so what's going on if you know what's going on in our actual brain that's causing us to respond in these ways of of cheating and like is it the animal brain that turns on we're not getting our needs met therefore we go into survivor mode and we become an like what's because that's what (laughs) that's what i'm learning right now i'd be interested to hear like your thoughts on that wow that's awesome that you that's that's good well there's 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 two there's a few levels about the brain which is what they call the reptilian brain Mm -hmm. Uh, the reptilian brain is actually the most primitive part of our brain where when we fear and we're, when we are in danger, our reptilian brain is on instinct, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it causes our body to say, danger is up ahead, so protect yourself now. So that's an instinctual approach. That's a reptile brain. Now there's there's the higher level thinking which is above the the reptile brain where it tells you, okay, calm down. Mm-hmm. It's just really in danger. Are you really in danger? Mm. Let's let's strategize a way to get out of this danger. Mm. So it makes you think and pause. But when your reptilian brain is on hyper overdrive. It normally does not get to that higher thinking of slowing down because you're so flooded with adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Okay, So when you discover, imagine this, when you discover infidelity in your relationship, what is most <laughs> firing and flooding you? It's your reptilian brain out of instinct. Right. It's not your rational brain. Because of all the pain, of all the hurt that is surging within that moment, when you discover that, you cannot even think straight. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, so that is your reptilian brain going on hyper overdrive, letting you know that you are in danger. Mm. So imagine if your reptilian brain is on hyper overdrive throughout your relationship. You're always thinking that you're not safe. Yeah. You're always thinking that you are in danger and your spouse is causing that danger for you. Mm. Therefore, everything that they do, like let's say they take their cell phone, like mm-hmm. right now I can see your husband right behind you looking Playing at his cell phone. <laughs> 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 right? Yeah. So it, that's visual in its nature. If you are on hyper overdrive, you're going to be like, so who you're texting? Right. Who is that? You Who is that? Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing? Right. Mm-hmm. So that is the reptilian brain going reacting to that scenario. Mm. So you're saying some people could even live in a constant state of being in their reptile brain? Oh my gosh, yeah. And so abs- absolutely. I love the way that you you phrased that. 
um, live in a constant reptile brain. Mm. That is a very scary thing to be in because you see that a lot in anxiety disorders, right? Mm. Yeah, that's true. Um, so as we start wrapping up, um, what is kind of your, I don't know, let's put a cherry on top of all of it because a lot of this is really sad, right? <laughs> um, yep. What's kind of the, the basic ways of like just making a, a marriage work, making a relationship work um, in the beginning stages so that we can kind of avoid all this to kind of summarize everything yep. that we talked about? One of the things that I tell my couples to do is spend a lot of time just reminding each other or asking questions you know do you like this what was this like for you mm-hmm. remember when we we went to have dinner well what, what was it what did you like about it mm-hmm. and always give those positive feedback hey when you did this i really like when you did this so that the other person know what you like yeah right and what turns you on especially what turns you on right, right? sexually intellectually um, emotionally let them know mm. because if you are not conscious about that you're going to repeat the same pattern over and over again mm. so positive feedback right mm. so having uh, together time um, away from your cell phones put your cell phones away just eye to eye contact and just asking these questions mm. and just knowing that's it right the yeah. other is taking care of yourself now, when, when, when we say self-care, I want to take this a little bit further, which is self-love. Mm. I think a lot of times our couples are so stressed out about life that they don't care about taking care of themselves, mm-hmm. like eating healthy, um, jogging, uh, exercise, um, being around nature, you know, taking many trips on the weekends. We've forgotten that because you guys, you guys don't see a problem with 60 hours of your body is used to working 60 hours a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. So just slowing down. Um, the other thing is small connections throughout the day. Hmm. What does that mean? That means a text message here and there that says, how are you doing? Um, coming home, maybe a small touch, um, a little kiss here and there. It doesn't have to be big any type of connection throughout the day and ask for those connections as well too mm. that's a part of vulnerability can you give me a call once in a while um it's kind of nice when you come home with a flower i don't know you know things like that mm. here's cool. the uh, here's the other thing too in sexual intimacy and contact there needs to be a conversation about what you like and what you don't like. We talk about this. We talked about this in human sexuality, right? Yeah. Where you there, a lot of times couples don't communicate what turns them on from a physical standpoint, and that ne- that is important connective mm. points, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, You're all it's about like, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like what what the you you the one spouse is that they think they performed well and then the other spouse goes uh yeah (laughs) hell no (laughs) not so much yeah so you want to communicate those things and uh, honest conversations are really what's going to save you from infidelity Hmm. so when people say because i remember eric and i took a like a premarital counseling thing when we were dating and um they it's 
everywhere. The first thing that leads to divorce is a lack of communication. Make sure you're communicating. And then people are like, we communicate great, right? We talk. And you're kind of saying like, there's a difference between like talking like, hey, did you pick up the laundry versus like, hey, like what turned you on today? What did you need? What do you like? What do you love? What was about your day that made you smile? And like actually getting so like intimate and personal and vulnerable with each other. And that connection is what's going to really save you from looking for the outside of your marriage for both male and female. Exactly. You nailed it on the head. Everyone is talking. No one is listening. Yeah. Yeah. Quote of the day. (laughs) Yeah. It's seriously. And so, uh, you know, uh, people are great at talking and communicating or uh, yeah, talking, but they're just not good at communicating the 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 humanness the true connective pieces Mm. you know oh absolutely you nailed it yeah well how can people get a hold of you they probably all want to sign up for you as a therapist (laughs) now how can people find you and and your website and all that yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, um, I want to put a plug in for um, Hope International University. Hey, if you are, th- yeah, what's up? <laughs> so if you are thinking of going to Hope International, take w- some of my classes. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also get a hold of me through my website, cavfamilytherapy.com. Awesome. Yeah, and I will second yeah. that. Hope was the greatest thing I've ever done. To your program, you know, busted out, and Ernesto's classes were so vulnerable and authentic. And, like, I mean, that human sex part was probably my favorite class that I've taken <laughs> the whole yeah. time. Um, but it really, it really is a cool, a cool program to do um, MFT and, yeah. and go into that. So, thanks so much for your time. I know you're so busy, and so I appreciate you taking time to, to Skype me and be on my podcast. Oh, this is fun, and I, I, I hope more abundance for your podcast Thank because you. this is. This is great. This is great. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And thanks everyone for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at No But Really Podcast and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to make sure you capture the next episode.